hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Dim Lights and Stiff Drinks. This is the podcast of Dive Bars of Seattle, where we get into the local lore, history, and stories of Seattle area dive bars, and dare I say, the internationally famous podcast of local Seattle drinking establishments and watering holes. But uh, we're not just uh, recording these awesome stories in some swanky podcast studio somewhere or somebody's dank basement. No. Hell no. We are live in the dive bars of Seattle, recording, coming to you from the actual establishments. And uh, this time around, we are at the Streamline Tavern in Lower Queen Anne. I'm going to get into the details of that. But before we get in there, introduce the rest of the crew here. Uh, with us, as always, uh, producer extraordinaire Bob Trombley on the keyboard. Hey, now. we got uh, Lou Dog to my right. Indeed. Stash Panda to my left. Hello, everybody. And uh, I'm going to go with um, Jay Dank. Jay Dank. Nice. Is that your, your week... Your nickname yeah, of the week? Yeah, we're going to try that. We're going to try to see how it fits. Yeah, see how, yeah, see how it fits. Okay. It's, it's, see how it rolls. It's got a beer flavor to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going with, I was, I was, I was toying with, toying with, with Jay Pierre. But, uh, you know. Ooh, well, I like that. But, you know, the, these these single hop, uh, hazy, unfiltered IPAs are really hot right now. So we'll go with, we'll go with Jay Dank. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah, I yeah. Like it. You ever uh, been here? Or when was the last time you were here? Well, you know, I have not been here, and uh, so for, first time for me, this is fantastic. I'm loving this place already, but, but, you know, I don't want to jump the gun here. Why don't we start off by telling the listeners where we are. We're at the Streamline Tavern in beautiful, historic Lower Queen Anne. We're going to get into that and the location, where we at. But first, maybe Brad, you want to kick us off and tell us a little bit about the Streamline Tavern? Yeah. What's going on here? So let me drop some knowledge Opened on you up fools. In, right after Prohibition, like 1937 bar? Uh, a little later than that. This isn't, uh, this isn't one of those 1934 bars, but not pretty close in the same neighborhood. So our previous episode at the Shanty, we talked about how some bars slash taverns have changed addresses over the years but have kept the same name. Well, the Streamline is one of those. Oh, that's right. Just yeah. a couple blocks away, though, Used right? Just a few blocks away, not too far from here. And yeah. I mean, we're going to get into that whole story. So it was originally located a few blocks from here, right next to the Uptown Movie Theater, which is now called the SIF Cinema Uptown. And the building for that location, including the movie theater, was built in the mid-1920s. And the space was originally used as a candy store for people who were about to go watch a movie next door. In 1933, as soon as beer could be sold again, the address became known as Bartlett's Fountain. And from what I could gather, it operated as kind of like a diner-slash-soda fountain that that also happened to serve beer. In 1936, the space was sold to local restaurant owner Andrew Neubacher, who continued to operate it as a diner until 1940 when he decided to renovate it into a tavern, and hence the Streamline Tavern was born. So it's been in operation as a tavern since 1940, so 82 years. Nice. Which is pretty good, yeah. Now, we've covered plenty of bars that have been busted by the cops for things like liquor and gambling violations, but the Streamline is unique in that it has been the victim of a wide range of crimes over the years. Uh, Not a perpetrator, you mean? Yeah, it's not the perpetrator. It was the victim, so it's kind of like the reverse of most of the bars we've covered. Uh, The first incident happened in 1944 when one of the Streamline's bartenders arrived to work at 6.30 a.m. and surprised a thief who had broken in. 
When the thief saw the bartender, he held the gun up and told the bartender to stick him up, to which the bartender replied, go to hell. <laughs> there was a brief stare down, and eventually the thief was the one who backed down and I took like, off running. I like this guy already. <laughs> right? But I mean, bartenders were badasses back then. I mean, we've covered a lot of them. Like yeah, today, if someone came in be. with a gun, no one's going to tell him to go to hell. But back then, he was just like, go to hell. <laughs> Didn't even flinch. Stared him down, and the guy took off running. That's how they did things back then. You better hope that gun's made of chocolate, because <laughs> I'm going to make you eat it. <laughs> and by the way, it's two drink minimum. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in 1960, a thief hid somewhere in the tavern when it closed, waited until everyone had left, and then according to the newspaper article about it, quote-unquote, figured out the combination of the state stealing almost $800 as well as some wine and cigars. Which sounds a little suspect to me, but two Diamonds years later... and cigars? Wine. Uh, wine. Some wine oh, and cigars. Okay. Yeah. And $800 from the safe that he just figured out the combination to. Two sounds years, like an inside job. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. what I'm thinking. So, oh, yeah. so yeah. check this out. So in 62, <laughs> something very similar happened. Two years later... Thieves once again broke into the tavern after it closed, once again managed to figure out the safe, this time stealing $350, and once again they made off with a bunch of cartons of cigarettes and some booze. So, yeah, these two crimes to me definitely seem like an inside job. You know, like one of the bartenders wrote down the combo to the safe, gave it to one of his friends, was like, hey, okay, wait until after we close, until everyone's gone, here's the combination of the safe, and then you and I split the take. That's what it sounds like, right? Yeah, that's simple detective work. Who has the combination of the safe? Well, right. me and the bartender. Right. Okay, was it you? Was it him? Yeah, right. He just sat in there long enough, maybe he just figured it out. Well, that maybe like the old days where they got the stethoscope on the safe. And yeah, I doubt but that. We're, but doubt these guys that. are stealing cartons of cigarettes. We're not dealing with them, some sophisticated cat burglar, you know. With the, right. Hung around long enough to realize what the bartender's <laughs> yeah. birth date was and said, okay, let's try that. Oh, hey, <laughs> what do you know? The lesson to be learned here is you're not going to make it rich robbing the streamline. No, no, yeah. you might, a little, little bundle. I know, those, those cigars are pretty damn nice. <laughs> okay, so I think we, we solved the case, right? Should we call the Seattle PD and let them know we cracked the case? Yep. I think we this is a out. true crime podcast. That's where the real viewership is. Yes. Flash forward a couple decades. Uh, 1981, a man walked into the streamline, held up a paper bag, said he had a gun, and that this was a stick-up. This time, nobody told him to go to hell. Rather, they handed him over the cash, and he made off with $60 from the cash register. When he ran out the door, a police officer just happened to be walking by. Hey, what's going on? Caught the guy. The guy was apprehended immediately. Nice. Went to jail. Wow. Wow. So, crime don't pay, baby. Crime does not pay. So, yeah, it's just kind of interesting how these different crimes played out over the decades. In 2009, the Seattle PI announced that it would cease to exist in newsprint form and would be an online newspaper instead. R.I.P. R.I.P. indeed, yeah. As a result, over 160 PI workers ended up losing their jobs, including one of its reporters, Mike Lewis. Now, most of the reporters ended up scattering to other newspapers. Some took up uh, entirely new careers, like public relations, things like that. Mike, however, took his severance pay and decided to purchase the Streamline, which just, which just happened to be for sale at the time. Now, Mike had always had an affinity for dive bars and even had a column in the PI called Diving Lessons, which was a series of articles covering some of the city's different oh, bars. Oh, man! Hey, he ripped us off! Why didn't we use that name? Right? <laughs> the Diving Board. Diving Lessons. The OG dive bar guy. That is good. Gotta, gotta hand it to him. It's good. Yeah, it's good. good. Yeah. 
That is a good, that is a good name, Diving Lessons. Uh, he had previously covered the streamline in one of these articles as it was a popular gathering spot for PI reporters after they got off work. So when he was let go from the PI, he saw that it was for sale and it just kind of felt serendipitous to him. So he decided to go for it, using his severance pay to buy the place along with a few other business partners. As he reported to the local news at the time, quote unquote, I took my severance and bought myself a minimum wage job. By the way, so Mike nice. is still the owner here. Nice. That is the coolest way to retire, by the way. <laughs> right? It's <laughs> a good way of saying it. Uh, so he still owns the bar to this day, and he's still involved in the news. He currently co-hosts Cairo Nights, and he's also a writer for GeekWire. So he's still going strong in both. Right around the time that Mike took ownership of the Streamline, they began having this annual event known as the Queen Anne Trike for Beers. Did you guys ever hear of this? Uh, like a tricycle rally? A tricycle race down Queen Anne Hill. Did what? Yeah, uh, wait, I, I never wait, heard of it. I don't know I how I missed this. Tricycles it awesome. motorized? No, human powered. No, you don't have to. Like old so school kids our, trikes. What yeah, could go so wrong there? That don't live you guys here. are going to love Anne this. Hill is Super steep. That tricycle would be going 60 miles an hour. <laughs> I know. Not. I know. Your feet on the ground to <laughs> slow it down. Yeah, totally. So oh, the I've race... got to love drinking sports. <laughs> so here was how the race worked. Uh, contestants used tricycles to race from Targi's Tavern, which we were at recently oh. at the top of Queen Anne Hill, down to the bottom of the hill at the original Streamline location. Oh, my God. Uh, the tricycles could be of any size, but obviously <laughs> had to have three wheels. Can, can, it be a, can you do a big wheel? That's three you wheels, could. right? Three wheels, yeah. and it had to be human-powered. That was the only criteria. Could three wheels, human-powered. could be a big wheel. Ooh, green machine or big wheel. That's right, yeah. Which, which one did you guys like better back in the day? The, the green machine or the big wheel? Green, green machine. machine. Green machine. Yeah. I was a big wheel guy. I like the really? big wheel. The green machine was cool, though. You yeah, had those you back levers. The, you could, could split the ass out and do... You could do spin-outs better in the green machine, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Hoonigan um, before it was Hoonigan. <laughs> But how did we miss this? I mean, that sounds awesome. I would have loved to have seen that. But it went until... It sounds illegal as hell. Like, <laughs> well, attorneys, the liability. Attorneys I mean, ruined that. Injured. They must yeah. have. Because, like, yeah, Queen Anne's super steep. And you're going down in big wheels and tricycles. And you're drinking? Yeah, and you're probably drinking. And they did it in January, just after a snow. Yeah. <laughs> as if it wasn't dangerous enough. So and there's this part where it kind of flattens out and then goes down again. You could, like, catch some catch serious air. Yeah. They probably did. <laughs> We should go on YouTube. I bet there's some videos of it on YouTube. There's got to be. Oh. We got we to gotta Google that shit. So these races lasted until 2013, which was the last year that the Streamline inhabited Whoa. its original location. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I thought you were going to say 1975 when that guy died, it, when it stopped. It went all no, the way to started, 2013. It started when, around, right around when he bought the bar. So Goddamn pandemic <laughs> put an end to yeah. the tricycle racing. That's, that's what it was. Yeah, so it, it sounds like it went from 2008 to... 2013. So I had a good run. That's pretty cool. In 2014, it was announced that the property the Streamline sat on had been sold to the South Korean government who wanted to use the space to build the South Korean consulate building, which so they did. So this historic bar got booted because South, South Korea bought, bought the place the and put up a consulate <laughs> building. Yeah. yeah. Here's a part of the podcast where Jeremy goes on a rant about uh, <laughs> yeah. protectionism and uh, United it's, it's States. Just, I'll just, it's just weird. This is an interesting, interesting turn of events. The effects of, events, of globalism, yeah. my friend. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But, I mean, one of the reasons I bring it up is that that's not an uncommon story. Unfortunately, in Seattle, 
foreign interests buying very hot properties, including properties in Seattle. We're not immune to that, right? So, yeah. it, you know, that unfortunately, it's not it's not that uncommon a story. No. to have you know, no, it out, uh, outside of the U.S. either yeah. corporate or national or you know whatever interests right. kind of purchasing property and and in this case, unfortunately, kicking out a, a mm -hmm. historic. But we have a, a happy a ending happy to the story, to so I'm sorry to interrupt. Keep going. No, it's okay. It's okay. There's a happy ending to this. So this prompted some urgent uh, hustling to find a new space. And in the end, it's, they decided to move a few blocks over to where we are sitting here today on Roy Street. Yep. Now, as far as the move itself, they literally moved everything from the original space to its new location. So they completely dismantled the old streamline carefully moved it over here and basically recreated the original Streamline Tavern and here I, in the space that we're sitting at today. i like to give a shout out to Big Jamie. He's a regular here. He did all the work something. He's a friend of mine. Okay. Yeah. Right. So That's shout cool. out to Jamie. That's so, yeah. amazing yeah. that they did that. It transferred it everything great. over. Didn't even change the urinal kicks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kept That's it right. over talking the bar and the vintage. The bar, the, the outdoor the sign, the, the Streamline sign that sits mm -hmm. outside. That was the original one mm -hmm. at the original location. All the booths here. And especially, my favorite is the wraparound bar right here. So as far as I know, that's the original wraparound bar from when it opened as a tavern in 1940. It may have even gone back to its diner roots before that, but I know for sure at least it's, it's from 1940. And I mean, that's a classic. You know, we've talked about U-shaped bars, but this wraparound bar is great too. Yeah. Yeah. Reminds us very much of two episodes ago, Targi's had that, that yep. kind of U-shaped bar. We talked one. about kind of the uniqueness the of Daryl's. Like, like, very popular for a dive bar, but not that popular in Seattle. Yeah. Targi's, like I said, Daryl's and, yeah. uh, and the Streamline here, very, very reminiscent of those two establishments. Yeah, it's, it's a reflection yeah, cool. of how old this bar is, because you don't see that anymore. You know, what's kind of fun about that, too, is it, it really encourages interaction between the patrons and the staff. Right, because mm -hmm. look who's in the in the middle of everything there, bartender. Right, mm -hmm. right, Holding both court. sides, right yeah. in the right. middle. That's right, yeah. and you've got uh, 360, almost 360 degree of patrons, other than a little you know entrance there on the side, and uh, so yeah, uh, yeah you're, you're theater in the round. That's right. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like a Who concert. <laughs> 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 Which is funny. That's the last time I was here. A Who concert? Uh, yeah, because this is right next to Seattle Center, so it's kind of my place of choice to pre-funk if I'm going to a Seattle mm. Center. Mm -hmm. And the Who what, played Was it here. the Who's final, final, final yes, tour? it was, yeah. yeah. It was no, really, one. this time it's the final yeah. tour. We it, made it this three time. Three finals, not for him. This is where I come for pre-funk before uh, Seattle Opera. And that was like yeah. 2017. <laughs> yeah. a nice glass so, of red, uh, maybe a cap yeah. how, how was the Who? Um, was yeah, it just, I assume it was just... loves the Who, and so okay. she was like, we gotta go, we gotta get floor tickets. And the floor sold out pretty quick. And then a couple days later, she's like, oh, I found some tickets on Craigslist from a guy in Denver who can't go. And I was like, that Floor? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he was just like, I, I don't want to make money. I'll just sell them to you for face value. And I thought, why does a guy in Denver buy a ticket for a Who show that's in six months and then two days later finds out he can't go? Scam. Like a wedding came up. And so it turned out we weren't the only ones he sold them to. When we got to the door... The lady went, bleep. Oh, I'm sorry. These have already been scanned. No. Yeah. So yeah. I was quick on my feet, though. I went, oh, I, we just came out to smoke before the show. Have a cigarette. She's like, oh, she never scanned your ticket coming out? I was like, no, no one said anything. I just walked out. She's like, oh, well, next time. Wow. So we were in. There you go, like, Holy Lou. crap. What do we do now? Way to be on your feet. I wouldn't yeah. have thought of that. Since I would have been like, oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what can you do for us? We got scammed. But because it was floor, you know, there yeah. was, it wasn't seats, so. 
we could get on the floor and we were okay. So was Pete Townsend and Robert Roger Daltrey the the, the only two original members? Yes. When you saw them? Pete's yeah. uh, son played guitar also. Like the stuff Pete is too old to play anymore. He's okay. back They're backing him up. But yeah, it was it was tired. It was like a yeah. tribute to the Who yeah, show, right, and right. it was greatest hits and just pictures of them from the years up above. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty weak. But it was a who, so, you know. Yeah. yeah. Roger still sounds way great. the fuck off topic. Well, yeah. No, that's a great story. <laughs> time to kill. As we tend to do sometimes. History of the streamline. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. That's right. It's all that's related. Right. It's all that's interconnected. Right. So, overall, the historic Streamline Tavern remains a dark, boozy watering hole here on Queen Anne. There's not a lot of frills inside the bar, but it has, certainly has all the ingredients of a classic dive. The pool table in the back, a couple good pinballs, some cool beer signs, and of course, the dim lights and stiff drinks. And with that, I hand things over to Jeremy so we can discuss what you're drinking. Well, first, that's a great segue. You mentioned dim lights and stiff drinks. I think one of the, you know, we're going to get into the ambiance here, right? Like where we are why it is that we're here, what makes this a pretty kick-ass dive bar to begin with, right? And I think you kind of nailed it, Brad. It, the dim lights and stiff drinks is really applies paramount to this place. And one of the reasons I mentioned that is we are here on a Sunday afternoon where it is still sunny outside. Day drinking episode for dim lights. Yeah, so, yeah. but, you know, this place has got plenty of windows. It's actually pretty nice and, and yeah. bright and airy in yeah. here, right? So you kind of nice, have to nice use your imagination to think of, okay... There are definitely dim lights and stiff drinks in this joint, and it's even despite the goddamn sunshine pouring through the windows. You can still see the red. We've the, got the dim lights yeah. and stiff drinks yeah, that's vibe cool. going on here for sure, right? Absolutely. Black yeah. as death ceiling with a couple of little like old school can lights. There's some uh, some incandescent. Uh, what do they call those lights? Oh, like a desk lamp almost. Well, yeah, yeah th- and then those yeah. lamps that they put in front of like artwork and stuff to right, like illuminate yeah. like your like you know sofa size painting or whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a couple of those hanging on the wall and shit and. And then, you know, like you said, some pretty epic beer signs across the place. Well, you got some, the string of Christmas lights. Obligatory another, Christmas lights, yeah. for sure, the, right? The painting full of uh, crushed shit beer cans. Hand-painted, <laughs> original English artwork of Pabst PBR <laughs> crushed beer cans, which is pretty fucking cool. Like a still life. I'm going to ask him if I can buy that painting right <laughs> Schmidt's Old English PBR light. Take a pick. Miller yeah. is on there. That's great. Yeah, there's there's some awesome artwork in there. If you go around the corner, right by the pinball machine, there, there's one of those old, um, you, you know, remember those old paintings of um, dogs playing poker? That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Th- th- this is the new school version. It's the dogs uh, playing pool. Nice. Like a, you know, yeah. fa- fancy one that came after the dogs playing playing yeah. poker. Yeah. So it's right stuff. next to the Mars Attacks pinball machine. With well, the, the pinballs are awesome. On. Oh, Mars gosh, Attacks, yeah. which is awesome, and of course the Adams family, yeah, which we've also talked Adams about previously. Yeah. The Mars Attacks pinball, not to be confused with Mars Attacks movie pinball machine, which there is of one that's pretty cool too. This is the old school, I think from the seventies. Yeah. The, you know Mars. The Martians attack or whatever, which I think is what the they movie. based the movie on. Totally, right? yeah, 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 totally, okay. yeah. Okay. So it's pretty, oh, no pretty cool, old school, yeah, old school, old school pinball machine. Huh, nice. And they also have down there. Um, it's called Skill Shot. It's kind of like um, it's the hockey version of foosball. Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. Where yeah. you slide the players and you can spin it. And make got the little shots. plastic dome over there, so you yeah. don't get a, like a, a ball in the eye. Yeah, you don't see that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Rare do you see that? Yeah. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah. Funky. 
And another, we have another actual jukebox, a CD jukebox. It's currently out yeah. of order, but we have one here, so which I think is our second jukebox sighting. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. after the shanty. You know? that, yeah, the shanty. after the shanty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also out of order, too. Which sucks. <laughs> was the shanties out of order? It was. Yeah, it was. was. Okay. Maybe we should get into the yep. jukebox repair business. You know, maybe that'd be a nice little mm, side, side hustle there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you're talking about what you drinking? Yeah. All right. So, what you drinking? So, we'll get into a little bit of the tap list, right? We always talk about, like, the, the selection of beer uh, and how that relates to the whole, the history of a dive bar, like, what makes a dive bar, and, like, a Seattle or a dive bar has always got to have, like, the, you know, cool selection of, of uh, micro brews and local craft, uh, craft brews on tap. Um, Streamline, no exception. Got a smaller, smaller than normal tap list, which is unusual. I would con- kind of consider the selection, the the bar, like you described, the full 360 kind of um, donut style bar in the middle of the establishment there, and a small selection of handles, which is exactly what I would expect from like a dive bar, right? And a lot of the places we've been to lately had like much larger than you'd expect selection of draft beers for uh, for a dive bar, which is kind of like a Seattle phenomenon, right? So this is kind of like old school, classic, stereotypical yeah. kind of selection yeah, of like beers. What, five, six choices? Yeah, you don't have but to think about it too hard. We are in Seattle, goddammit. So there's, there's Pabst on draft, which is great dive bar staple, right? But everything else is fantastic craft brewery uh, on tap. And, of course... A nice craft hard cider, which is definitely another kind of sign of the times, sign of the Seattle area. I am drinking uh, Urban Family Brewery Stout, which is pretty well, cool. You, you don't, stout, op- huh? don't often good? see a stout on draft, especially at a dive bar. Don't often, often see some Urban Family Brewery, which is pretty small little local brewery here on draft. So grabbed one of those. Really loving it. Are they, uh, are they local Seattle brewery? Uh, yeah, they're up in... Ballard, I want to say. I'll double check. I'll, I'll, I'll look and okay. get back to you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm drinking the Boundary Bay, which is, of course, from Bellingham, and I'm drinking their classic IPA, and it's um, really good. It's, with IPAs, to me, a good IPA has to be well-balanced. It can't be too hoppy. You know, it has to be just kind of balanced out. Because if it's too hoppy, I don't know, it just throws the flavor off for me anyway. And this one is real, very well-balanced, so I give it a thumbs up. All right. Nice. How about you, Lou? Uh, ditto. I got the Boundary Bay also, and it's a good uh, day drinking beer because it's mm. it's it's smooth. It's kind of got a light taste yeah. with a little bitter aftertaste, but yeah. it's still got a kick. We'll get you there in a hurry. Would you call it a Would you call it a session beer? No, because no, a high, a little, a little higher ABV, right? Yeah, uh, probably. Yeah. This is probably like in the six or seven range, I would say. Based on the buzz I'm feeling after okay. drinking one. Yeah. Session, if that session includes getting fucked. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Session is uh, subjective, right? <laughs> also, let all our listeners know if you're coming here, this is one of the uh, remaining cash-only bars. Stop by your uh, bank ATM and stock up before coming down. Well, if you forget, there's an ATM machine Now at the you back. tell us, Lou. Kinda. Kinda. So you're, you're kind of right. Cash-only for the food. They have an attached food. Full, uh, full kitchen with some pretty good yep. pub grub. You got a, 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 a kielbasa or something? Yeah, okay. I got a Polish and some yeah. fries. Yeah, so you know, it's good stuff, right? And uh, some, some interesting stuff on the menu. That is cash only. Lele Tim, like you said, the bar uh, will, if you, if you wink, wink, nudge, nudge a bartender, they'll, they'll take your card. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. yeah. Interesting, okay. Oh, okay. That's what she said to me when I went. I think I'll but get some she food, too. And she went, it's cash only. And I thought that meant. Mm-hmm. 
men every yeah, which seems she, weird. If she doesn't like yeah. you, you walk in the door, she's never seen you before. She doesn't like the look in your eyes. Well, the she's like, some yeah, of them cash have been pong. cash only. Like the uh, zoo. The East Lake Zoo, yeah, right. it was cash only. Yeah. So. And as far as what you're drinking, I'd say Rainier beer and the Streamline kind of go hand in hand. Tall can to Rainier. Yeah, I've sat boys. at this bar myself and drank more than I can remember. Do, do yeah. they, you know, Streamline for, for years and years and years had... Two dollar tall tall boy specials. Do that's they still right. Do that? I think they still do that. That was God, that's got to be the, that's got to be the bargain of the yeah. city. Yeah. Two dollars yeah. for a tall two can of rain dog. And I think they, I think they also have some kind of special where you get a tall boy and like a shot of you know Jameson I think or you're something. Right. And yeah, I don't remember how much like that five is. Five bucks or something. A little yeah. setup. Yeah, yeah. 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 Shh, don't let these secrets get out. Working class bar. Yeah, working yeah, yeah. deals. This is a working man's bar. Yeah, yeah. It's not all high ceilings and avocado toast. No, I'm saying. This this place is definitely Craft not an avocado toast place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Twenty three dollars for a martini. Yeah, but it's got Godiva chocolate in it. Yeah. You think Helmer ever came down here for got off at the top of Queen Anne and came oh, down I'm here sure for he a did. beverage? Yeah, I'm sure he made some appearances in here from time to time. Uh-huh. <laughs> Probably sat by himself, you know, <laughs> naturally to keep up with appearances. We're just jumping in, going episode to episode. You might have to explain who Helmer is. Well, Helmer was a notorious bartender at Targi's Tavern, mm-hmm. which we just covered a couple right episodes around, back. Uh, just around the corner, right up the, up hill. the street. Yep. Yeah. The starting point for the, that tricycle race. And he was uh, a force to be reckoned with, as, as we covered in that episode. He preferred to drink alone, would often close the bar early so he could drink alone. Someone got in his way. He, he wasn't afraid to use the fisticuffs, get him yeah. in a headlock, and escort short him to the fuse. front door. Yeah, short fuse, yeah. Well, we talked about how Streamline is in some pretty historic neighborhood. We are in Lower Queen Anne. You could almost see Seattle Center if it weren't for some shitty strip mall buildings that were in our way. The original location, you could definitely see Seattle Center probably from the back or front of the bar. Just a hop, skip, and jump away. Yes. But before we get into where we're at, and I'm looking at you, Lou, I think we need a... Need another round. Need a refresh. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Satan's Pilgrims, take us out. We're going to get another beer and uh, talk to you in a minute. All right, back in for round two. Uh, I got to refill, and what was interesting is all three of us changed beers. I would argue, potentially biased by what we talked about the first half of the episode. You think so? Yeah, totally. How so? Yeah, well, you said you were impressed with the IPA you had, and that got me thinking, hmm, IPA, that sounds good. I got yours, right? Uh, Brad, you were thinking, walk us through the thought process there. Kind of to echo what you're saying, so you guys were talking about session beers, Mm -hmm. and I was like, yeah, I should probably downshift a little bit. I'm not a big day drinker, so I got a Manny's Pale. Can't go wrong. Yep. Although not necessarily lower in ABV. You don't think so? Uh, maybe a tiny bit. Okay. Well, there you but, go. But you talk yourself into that. <laughs> I talk right, myself cool, into right. it. It sounded good to me. It sounded good on paper. How about you, Luke? Me and Brad are lockstep tonight. We both got the same IPA the first time, and I, too, wanted to downshift because uh-huh. they drinking. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. And what did you get? I got a Pilsner. Okay. Keeping it safe. That's Keeping it real. Five. Yeah. Pilsners are usually a go. pretty safe bet. All right. Nice. Uh, what were we? Oh, we were going to talk about just before we took a break there. Uh, where are we at? And we talked a little bit about we are Lower Queen Anne. But uh, Lou, you want to get us a little deeper about where we at? 
Well, we're, this building is something pretty cool. It's basically an old Victorian. It was probably someone's giant house in one day, and now it's got four apartments in this bar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this building, I'm sure, is 100 years old also. But oh, where yeah. we're at, at Lower Queen Anne, Targhee's on the top where the yep. houses are. This is Seattle Center neighborhood. And is there a cooler place in the country? I can't think of a city that has this kind of setup. It's 75 acres, and every tourist attraction in Seattle is in one place, except for Pike Market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bob's podcast. Um, yeah, so let's play a game. Uh, it's called, I don't know shit about Seattle. Center. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So we'll keep it simple. Uh, Satan, do you have a little uh, theme song for this uh, game show? Okay, so I want, we're going to go around, each of you guys name an attraction in the Seattle Center until someone can't figure one out, until someone can't figure it out. Wait, it has to be at the Seattle Center? Yeah, part of the Seattle Center. An attraction? Yeah, like the Space Needle. Oh, okay, okay. What else is in the Seattle Center? Uh, Dale Chihuly Museum. Chihuly Garden and Glass, yes. Beautiful. Uh, It's no longer there, but I used to get my orange Julius's there. Oh, oh yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, I remember the orange Julius days. Yeah. That's wait, what? You can't you can't uh, pick every single food stall that used to be there. That's just I'm going uh, right to one. Yeah, I singled her out. Center House. I, I singled it out about. like Jenny McCarthy. The Center okay, House. Okay, Center House. All right, Brad. Uh, the IMAX. IMAX Boeing IMAX, Good which call. is part of the uh, Science Museum, Pacific Science Center. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, I was actually just there for the Lego exhibit they had with my nephew, and it was kind of cool. And they had a bunch of life-size, like a space needle that was like 20 feet yeah, yeah. tall. All you these went to things. That? Yeah, I went to that with my nephew. It was awesome. I saw the pictures of it. Was thinking going. It looked cool. It was freaking awesome. And that's in Fisher Pavilion. The, yep, the new one they just built, I believe. Yep, yep, yeah. Brad. Well, it's no longer there, but it definitely still counts. And that was the Fun Forest Amusement Park with all the rides. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. Is that like? And the arcade. And tiny yeah, little yeah, arcade. Yeah, yeah, really arcade. awesome arcade. Yeah, yeah. 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 a real arcade. Nice. Laser tag and shit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, the fun center. All right, Brad or Jeremy? Sorry. Uh, well, I would say, you know, I think one thing the Seattle Center has always been famous for is the cool shit that is just right outside the Seattle Center. Right? you got some pretty cool restaurants and bars that are like a block or two from Seattle Center. So you do all the crazy shit that you want when you spend a day in Seattle Center and then like, okay, head to a pretty kick-ass restaurant or bar or... Yeah, you can come here as a tourist and spend your whole weekend just doing stuff at Seattle Center. Easy. Um, All right, Jeremy, what's next? In the Seattle Center. (laughs) Are you tapping out already? Come on. Is it... There's uh, Opera House. Okay. Okay, well, that kills. Yeah, right. Beat the buzzer. That, okay, that's still there. All right, Opera House. Opera House, yes. Yeah, so you're talking about Macaw Hall, which hosts the Northwest Ballet and the Opera House. All right. What about the, what about the fountain? The fountain? Oh, that was going to be my answer. Uh, yeah, good call. Good call. <laughs> Installed in the Seattle World's Fair and then remodeled in 2008 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. It's no bullshit fountain. If you're... Yeah. It's cool. All right, Brad? Oh, fuck. Um... <laughs> I'm drawing a blank, man. I mean, we pretty much... 
I think we covered. There's so much more. Look at my fucking jersey. Does that count as the Seattle yeah, Center? That's Seattle Center. Oh, okay. So the, uh, the, the sports arena. Key arena. Climate Pledge Arena. Climate recently Pledge arena. created to be the home of the Seattle Kraken. And a place where you could go see a band that could sell 20,000 seats, like Foo Fighters. Wait, it was the Key Arena. There. Key Arena before yeah, that, right. yes. Right. And then the Coliseum before that. All right. Uh, Jeremy, keep it going. Mopop. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Museum of Pop Culture. And Which was it, what before that? There's like, uh, oh, that was constructed just for it. I can't remember but what, what they was it called down. before Mopop. It was, oh, uh, EMP, Experience yep. Music yeah. Project. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, and not only do those things all there, here's how much stuff slipped your mind. The Children's Museum is in there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, in the middle of the center house. There's five theaters in there. There's Seattle Children's Theater, Cornish Playhouse, the, the Center Theater, Seattle Rep, uh, Intamin Theater. There's a school in there, a high school called the Center School. And, uh, yeah, that's all of it. That's a lot of shit in one little tight little yeah. area. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff. And you could go down to hop on the monorail at Westlake, monorail. and it'll take you right there. The monorail, that, that yeah. Also too. World's Fair. That does count. Thanks for the World's Fair. Yeah, that was from the World's Fair. Yeah, I read some cool stuff about the history of it. And Brad, you're our resident historian. Does the name saloon keeper James Osborne mean anything That to does you? not ring a bell, actually. In 1881, I'll just read it. Saloon keeper James Osborne bequeaths $20,000 as seed money to build a civic hall for social and cultural gatherings on the site that would become Seattle Center. His gift is eventually matched by public funding and nicknamed the house that Suds built. Okay. So Seattle Center was built, built on first with beer on money. booze money. Thanks That's to right. hops. And then um, it started, they started adding buildings. So in 1927, McCaw Hall, Opera House was the first one, and then Civic Arena, and then the Armory, and then Memorial Stadium, and then 1965, Seattle World's Fair. Now, I didn't know about that particular one, but it's, it's funny how much of Seattle was built on money from Vice. Right. Your prostitution or booze oh, or, you yeah. know. All of Seattle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much all of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the, uh, one, one Speak, cool thing about... Here we go. Speaking of Memorial Stadium, yeah. what's the best show you've ever seen there? Maybe like a Bumbershoot concert show yeah, or any other? concerts. I saw R.E.M. there. there I saw the Ramones there. I there. saw De La Soul there. I see saw a lot Tribe of... Called Quest there. Did you, did you see Wu-Tang when they were there? I saw that did one. Did not see Wu-Tang. And what about when all the Marley Brothers came? There was like five Marley oh, yeah, Brothers. Yeah. I saw that one. That was cool. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good Beck one. Yeah. on the Odelay tour. That was a pretty good show. Yeah. 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 I've seen some good shows over the years too. Yeah. I remember um, sneaking into Bumbershoot in the late 80s. When you could sneak when in. When you could sneak in. And we, we had our own little method of doing so. And we went in. And I remember seeing Soundgarden and, uh, God, who else was there that day? I know there was some reggae. Hitchcock was there. God, it was, it was a good show. Alfred Hitchcock. Great director. No, excuse me. Robin <laughs> Hitchcock. The singer-songwriter. <laughs> so, yeah, the... <laughs> yeah, your fries are getting cold, Jay. Yeah. All right, all right. In the mix. There you go. Thank you. I like that. <laughs> got a second round of fries that came over here. So what we were talking about, Orange Julius, there's uh, in the center of it, 
there's a food court, basically. That's mm-hmm. what the building yeah. is. It's called the Armory, and it actually was an armory. Now, has anyone been in the food court in the last couple of years? I mean, did it survive COVID? Is it still yeah, going? Yeah, it has. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it has it's, still, still, okay. it's still cranking. It has like a blue water grill. Uh, you can get, Actually, you know what I, I like there? They have Aussie meat pies, Australian yeah, meat pies. That's Those right. are actually really? delicious. Mm, There's yeah. a mod pizza there. Yeah. There's a... Um, like a little cantina. You can go get some, like, you know, drinks. Yeah, yeah totally. The um, Okay, let me flip through my notes here. Where is it? Oh, the Armory... It was actually an armory before it was a food court. That's right. It was built by the Washington National Guard for training and storage of tanks and artillery. Uh-huh. So there's a huge basement in that thing that could fit tanks, and there was a swimming pool there. It's massive, and it's still there. In fact, the shooting range, you can still see it if you go down there. Now it's just storage. Somehow but, I've never uh, been down there before. No, the uh, public's not allowed anymore. But have you been down there? No, no. Okay. But that would be good uh, research for a Well, because one of your kids podcast. went to school there, right? Yeah, he's going to high school. At the I thought maybe through there. that you were able to, like, sneak downstairs and catch a glimpse. Oh, I, that's mm. good. If I got an in, ask someone if I can get a key. You guys got yeah. some we'll slide projector down there. <laughs> I can help you go get it. It'll be fine. <laughs> and then at the World's Fair, um, 1964? Two. 1962, they converted it into food circus, which was basically... 56 stalls selling food and also selling, uh, you know, merch. And uh, Well, and you know who else had their own spot down there in the old food court was the uh, Colacurcia brothers. Oh, did they? They did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We, who we talked about in the shanty. Basically, Seattle's version of the mob. Yeah. But, yeah, he, he had a, I don't know if it was a beer stand or a food stand, but he had a stand down there. It was very he was, controversial. He was getting a piece of the pie. Yeah, I think it was Frank. Called a Curcio. The old man. A little front to launder some of his money. That's what people were saying back then. Right, right. That makes sense. Hmm. What about the bubbleator uh, in the World's Fair? Or, or was it the bubbleator? Yeah, that was, was that the, was the elevator. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was the elevator. Bubble elevator. It's now down, down it's, in, uh, somebody has it in their yard in Des Moines and uses it, it as, as a greenhouse. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, you, you can actually go down there and see it. And then I believe John F. Kennedy made a phone call to the World's Fair that's uh, correct, yeah. as well. And that was kind of a big, big ordeal. Yep. Like a live phone call or something. They filmed a movie there during it, Elvis Presley. Yeah. It happened at the World's Fair. Really? Yeah. Okay. My mom saw it. She and saw I, it filmed. She was here living in Seattle at the time. And I bet Pat yeah, was, was probably involved catch. in that somehow. I don't mm-hmm. know if he was managed, because he managed Elvis for a couple of years towards the end there. He was managing his tours. Pat oh, wow. O'Day. Yeah. Nice. By the way, they got it. Have you guys seen the trailer for the Elvis movie that's coming out? No. Yeah, they're doing an Elvis biopic. What's the guy? Um, the actor? What's his name? No, the director. Uh, oh, Boz Lerman. Boz Lerman, yeah. Like the Moulin Rouge? Exactly. He's right. doing it Elvis Presley style. I'm yeah, kind of psyched to it, see it. It looks really over the top campy. Could be fun. Yeah. It doesn't look like it's. they have fat Elvis. I don't think it's the whole career. They just pick a certain... Time. Pills and whiskey, Elvis. Yeah. yeah, fat dying on the toilet, Elvis. Not doesn't doesn't do that whole thing, which is probably good. The peanut butter and fried peanut butter and banana sandwiches, yeah. Elvis. <laughs> Shooting the TV when uh, Wayne Newton <laughs> yeah. came on. Yeah. <laughs> what was his crew? The Memphis. Uh, Memphis Mafia. Memphis Mafia. Yeah. Yeah, all his bodyguards and yeah. guys that would get him, get him drugs. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So yeah, when was the last time you came to the Seattle Center? What'd you do? Man, it's probably been 
five plus years. No shit. Jeremy and I came down probably like five or six years ago. They had the world's biggest water balloon fight. Oh, and we man. got hammered <laughs> and went down there and partook in this to be water balloon that was, it was so fun. That was pretty fucking fun. <laughs> yeah. They just filled up these swimming pools, these little kids' plastic swimming pools, full of water balloons. And they had them stationed out everywhere. And so you just picked your one that you were going to station yourself by. And then once they sounded the whistle, it was on. Dang. That was fun. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that was the last time I was down there. Well, a couple of years after that, they also did a uh, world's largest um, tomato fight. Oh, did they? Yeah. I missed that one. Yeah. Did you go to that one? Yeah. Yeah, did you? Oh, man, that was a fucking clusterfuck. Sounds like a messy affair. Oh, my God. It was They had like a stand-up fun. comedian bombing and everyone threw their tomatoes at him. Is that how it worked? No, they just, it was like the balloon thing. They were just like, one, two, three, go. And you just grabbed tomatoes and just went crazy. Were you pelted? Were you just... Oh, it was, soft. it was, yeah. yeah, everybody was, yeah, no, of course, Hopefully yeah. they were kind of big, soft big, and cushy. Big, big, garden uh, outside of that event. That's fun. <laughs> that's fun. Oh, yeah, so. I took a Bob? learning how to screen print class at the Vera Project maybe a few years ago. Nice. Yeah. So, that shout could, out to the Vera Project. Yeah. Wasn't that formerly Sit and Spin back in the day? Is that what it used to be? I can't or? remember. Oh, and KEXP is down here. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, there. That's true. Yeah, you could have said that as another building. There's a Definitely. convention halls. There's a shitload of stuff down there. Yeah, there's a shitload of stuff. It's cool going there, actually, on uh, Saturday mornings. Go get a coffee, and then from 9 to 12, DJ Kid Tops does positive vibrations, and you can go see him live in the booth and then have a little coffee and kind of just on a nice Saturday morning chill out, you know? Nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah, I came down here for the... Um, I went to Mopop. They have the Disney exhibit. Uh, it's called Heroes and Villains, and it's original costumes from the Disney movies, and it's the ones actually worn by the actors, and it's killer. There's well, like what Disney movies? Them. Yeah, like, for example. They've got, like, uh, Julie Andrews' Mary Poppins and the new Mary Poppins. So the classic, like, 60s and 70s yeah, Disney? Yeah, they have that okay. stuff, and a bunch of different Cinderella dresses. The Cinderella dress from the 2016 one, the most recent one, Yeah, yeah. is there, and that's incredible. Uh Someone with Angelina Jolie. Is Tomb Raider? <laughs> was Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, was that Tomb Disney? Tomb Raider. <laughs> Maleficent. Tomb Raider. Maleficent, okay, yeah. Yeah, that one's there. The, the wolf and Little Red Riding Hood and the wolf. There's a couple of different ones of those there. So um, this is a tour of just the costumes, yeah, correct? They're all on display, and, it, and they also have the original artwork for them. I actually posted it on the Facebook page. So this isn't a dive bar, but we'll give you an example of the setup. It's really amazing. Huh. And there's also a hip-hop exhibit there, kind of like uh, 50 Years of Hip-Hop, in this huge monster room that kind of follows it timeline-wise. All these great pictures you've never seen of everybody. Do it. The hip-hop, totally into the Disney costumes, <laughs> yeah, you not really my bag. You didn't really sell us on that, I don't think <laughs> really. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> huh. Yeah, no. These but yeah, I'm with Jeremy. The hip-hop sounds awesome. <laughs> they have Macklemore's jacket from the thrift shop video. There was a Macklemore and Ryan Lewis picture up there, but yeah, n- none of the stuff, just, just pictures. I don't know. There's Pearl Jam exhibit there. You guys into yeah. Pearl Jam enough to see a Pearl Jam mm-hmm. exhibit? Mm-hmm. Okay, there you go. And as always, Science Fiction Museum is in there. 
and the, the horror show exhibit is in there. They have a full-size alien. Yes, they do. Yes, they well, do. the guy that I co-authored the book, the Roadhouse book with, Peter Black, he used to be basically the director, the head curator there when it first opened as EMP. Oh, and nice. When Paul Allen was still alive and he was involved in it. And he, in fact, acquired most of a lot of their early stuff, a lot of their early display items. He's the one that acquired it, including, I believe, like I think he got both Kurt Cobain's guitar and Prince's guitar. Kind of wrote a book about it, about the whole process of trying to find those artifacts, what he had to go through, uh, which was kind of cool. So Nice. Yeah. I guess you just call Courtney Love, right? If you want one of the guitars. <laughs> I don't know. I'd, I'll have to ask him about how he did that. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Okay. I think we're about ready to wrap it up. Yeah, it feels like we're getting towards the end. Let's knock For it sure. on the head. For sure. All right. Well, this has been Dim Lights and Stiff Drinks coming to you from the Streamline Tavern in Lower Queen Anne. Thanks for listening. Check it out. Uh, download, subscribe, like, all that crap. Check us out on social. Appreciate you listening. Thank you, everybody. And our next episode after this one will be our season one finale. And we're going to be recording right. at uh, right. Slim's Last Chance Saloon. So... Getting some, for chili. getting some chili. <laughs> Watching some uh, listening to some music. Yeah. The exact length of that episode is TBD. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> There'll be something. <laughs> There'll be something. But until then, peace out. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks Cheers. For